Hi, I'm Mike Burton of Star Wars Comics and Canon and Genuine Chit Chat, and I'm here to talk to you guys about a new monthly show that's coming out on Comics in Motion very soon. Now the show is going to be called the Comics in Motion Book Club, and it's specifically going to be tackling one-shots, mini-series, or small volumes of ongoing runs of comics. The idea behind it is a host as well as a handful of guests are going to sit down like an old school book club and talk about the comic, the narrative, their thoughts on it, the art style, and just generally all aspects of the comic in question. We would also love to hear from you guys on the show, so please make sure you send in your thoughts, your questions, or anything you'd like us to say on air, and you can contact us either on social media at comicsinmotionp, or you can email us at comicsinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. We're also going to have a rolling host, so it's going to be a different person each month, just so there's a nice big variety of the kind of comics that we tackle, and obviously the guests are going to change as well, so every month is going to be something different. I'm going to be the host of the first episode, and unsurprisingly, we are tackling a Star Wars comic. It's going to be the first volume of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. It's the 2017 Darth Vader run, written by Charles Saul. We're going to be tackling issues 1-6 to six for the Chosen One arc, but the trade paperback collection is called The Imperial Machine. You can find this on Marvel Unlimited, and you can also find it on Hoopla, as well as you can buy it on Comixology and all the usual places that you find your comics. So with that all said guys, the countdown begins. Happy reading, and we look forward to hearing from you. Season's greetings to all, and to all a warm welcome to the first side project for our little podcast, where we take a look at something current, a new one released in 2021. Despite reservations due to recent revelations about creator he who we don't be named, we will be taking an episode-by-episode look at new HBO show, The Nevers. As stated on Binging Buffy, it takes much more than one man to make a show, so it should take one man to break a show too. I'm your host, Jack. Guesting alongside me today is a fresh new voice for Comics Emotion, but one I'm personally well accustomed to, my sister Ria. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going to be that cheeky. <laughs> wow. um, how are you doing, you right? I'm good, thank you. I'm hoping you're enjoying my uh, sultry cold slash flu voice. So of course, always. Be less annoying than normal. Mm. Uh, right. we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners be the judge of that. Oh, that's delightful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am really glad you're on here because I think it's really important that we get um, a female voice and a female perspective on a show that ought to be about celebrating the strength and power of women. That's definitely something we'll have to talk about as we go. Um, yes, yes. And uh, and uh, it's something that's very close to my heart as a, mm. I wouldn't say like I'm a, a super knowledgeable feminist, but it's definitely something I am. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what my hot takes are on things. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully, obviously, we've got the next guest lined up, but got a few episodes left, so might be a chance to try and either get yourself back on or another female voice. I think that'd be really important. Yeah, um, more ladies. And we've got somebody coming on Binge Buffy next episode as well. So that's going to be a really good one of Tony's friends. I'm excited um, about that. I liked his lowdown of her, of her CV mm. as such, so I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, and Tony and I do our best, but we are still two middle-aged white men at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> so yeah we need it um before we get into the episode then i think it's important that we might still um think about reading as an entity um and i wondered if you wanted to give like a quick address a quick summation of how you feel about him and what's come out um i know we've had text chats but um text show my age um we've had chats about kind of how you feel about the consumption of things that he's been in he's made before he's currently involved in what do you think um yeah it's been a pretty rough time hasn't it Mm. uh like like many people whedon has had a huge influence on me especially in a lot of my formative years Mm. and has always been sort of held up i wouldn't say that he 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 jumped on the bandwagon of people saying he was a voice of feminism and things like that, you know. But I do think we as a society or as a group of fans put put that on him. 
And it turns out he's just an a-hole mm. and it's really disappointing. Mm. And, you know, when the first, when the news first broke, there'd been like rumblings going on, news first broke. It was a real challenge, a real challenge to say, am I going to continue watching his work, mm. even though it's important to me? Um, and I'm part of lots of sort of like Buffy groups and things like that, because it is my all-time favourite TV show. Um, and we all just had like these discussions going on and on and on. And I think what it comes down to is especially with his TV shows, and, you know, probably with the Avengers work as well, is it's not just him. It is a group of people. And as annoyingly talented as he is, and I don't like to admit it anymore because he's an a-hole, um, it is, he has created work and has got a really good team around him that have brought stories and characters to life that mean a lot to a lot of people. Mm. But it isn't just him. You mm. know, Buffy would not be Buffy without the writers, without the the stunt workers without the cast mostly like the cast of mm. Buffy is what brings it to life um and I'd say you know I feel the same like about Angel and Firefly it does make you look at some of his other works it's just Dollhouse through a slightly different lens mm. um and you know there's some things that now when I watch it because I actually did a rewatch of Dollhouse quite recently it makes me a little bit uncomfortable and you can certainly tell who his favorites are um mm. And he's just, he's just not a nice guy who's obviously his ego went to him and thought he could do whatever he wanted to, was a massive bully. But it, for me personally, it doesn't take away the, the meaning of some of his work has had mm. for me. Mm. And, you know, Buffy, and everybody says it, got me through some really difficult times. And, you know, I'm not going to forget that and I'm not going to abandon that community or how that's made me feel. So it's difficult. It's really difficult. But with something like The Nevers, again, it's uncomfortable viewing. And no spoilers, I quite like it. But it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. Because if it go, if it's really successful, once his voice has been sort of like wiped out of it, it will be like a celebration. But it'll also be like, oh, we've had to get through that first six episodes. Yeah, yeah. If it's, but then I don't want it to bomb because I actually quite like it. So it's, all, it's mm. just it's very complicated. I don't think we've got enough time. No, fair enough. It's a podcast all of itself. I mean, the the show is really uh, leaning quite heavy into Whedonism, isn't it? If you like. Yes, massively. Um, Like Amalia and Penance, Buffy and Willow. Um, I've got another comparison to make later when we're breaking the episode down. Uh, I've got one too. I wonder if it's the same one. Quite possibly, I'm sure. We might be (laughs) the same one there. Um, And obviously, you've got. Malady is Drusilla, is yeah. River. Um, so, yeah, there is some heavy weedings in there. But I really like your comment about this idea of like, he's an arsehole, but he is still talented. And you, you can't just suddenly pretend somebody doesn't have talent because they're an arsehole. Yeah. Somebody's um, an arsehole doesn't mean you just put aside, as you said, like all the things they've done before, and particularly considering the the number of people that came through, particularly from Buffy, to go on to be like just as good, um, impressive works in other TV and movies, and and the people he's pulled through to Nevers. You know, you've got Jane Espenson, this, haven't you? You've got Doug yes. Um, and Philippa Gosler. I don't really know what she's done before. It's been enough. I've not seen her other stuff, but she's now the shader runner. And as you said, hopefully we'll see the back six and then further on. And what it becomes will be really, really interesting. Yeah. Because they will, I agree with you, they will distance themselves from things which makes this feel like a we didn't show. Yeah. I don't know. Go on, there you go. I was going to say, you know, I I think they should. I think with any show, it's okay to do that. It's okay for somebody to come up with the concept, come up with the idea, lead on it, and then hand over the reins Mm -hmm. under whatever circumstances. You know, and I don't see why they can't then go, right, we can continue making the show and make it with a slightly different new voice. Yeah. Or carry on the voice, but him not be involved. Mm. Like, I think that's okay. I mean, I can only assume HBO pumped a lot of money into this because it looks yeah. expensive. But anything else you can say about it, um, the sets and the costume and the effects are all like top notch, what you get on TV. So I can assume they want it to carry on. and. Um, Talking on the first episode last week, 
it's interesting that this is one of those occasions where the audience score is outperforming the critic score. Mm. So actually, as long as I guess it keeps getting a decent audience rating, then there's no reason why I can carry on. I, and I'm convinced that the critic score is so harsh because people are having trouble separating Whedon from the work. I mean, I will also say the pilot episode I found particularly mediocre, but again, I'm not sure I can separate my emotions from mm. how I feel about the episode and mm. what potential it has. And I do think, I don't think it's, I don't think critics are taking the easy route in saying it's not very good. But I think if there wasn't this shadow of him over it, they wouldn't be quite as harsh. Yeah, I completely agree. And look, you've got to talk about it. We're doing it now because you can't get away from it. But I think the show will benefit from, I don't know, I guess this was by design anyway, having this front six and back six. So the show mm. will benefit from the back six having a bit of distance. We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. All right. So shall we get into episode two? Let's go for it. Okay, so what I like to call the nevers in a nutshell, what's your kind of initial brief thoughts on the episode? I much preferred it to the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, although I wasn't a fan of the pilot, and not in a bad way, I was just like, ugh, it's just sort of, it's just sort of happening, and I thought it was massively bloated. Mm-hmm. I feel like this episode has done, I think it's still pretty flabby, but I think it's did, done a good job of improving on the pilot. Mm-hmm. It's I certainly found it more engaging. I thought they were doing a lot more with the story. And although I still think there's too many characters, spoilers for all the things I'm not too keen about it, I do think it's tightened up a lot. It's brought a little bit more nuance on. I And I'm going to say this because I love Jana Spenson, but you can feel her voice throughout it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that makes it feel a lot fresher than the pilot. Yeah. Like the pilot was a bit paint by numbers and this is actually trying to do something. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Oh, I went in feeling a bit cynical and I came out going, actually, I'm pretty pretty keen on watching the next episode. Mm. It's interesting you call it like they're all like flabby and the, the first episode was um, kind of all over the place and had too much going on. Because actually, I think this episode was a longer length episode. Yeah, I thought I noticed, it was as well. I noticed that. It got to about 15 minutes and I was like, oh, we're still going. We're still going. Not, not in a complaining way, just... Um, yeah, it, the length, the running time seemed to keep going when I thought it was going to stop. So I found that quite interesting that it looks like, even though this is HBO, not streaming, they're doing that thing which all modern shows seem to do now, which is each episode lasts for as long as it needs to last. To yeah. Yeah, I think I'm intrigued. I'm not wowed yet either. I think um, I like the world. I like the characters. Um, but the plot so far has got no surprises in it. Um, so hopefully they'll start building some, I'm not sure I'm looking for twists, but building in some, some things that I don't expect as we go. And we'll talk about like highs and lows as we go. But I think the final scene in this, where there was a twist, was a serious low for this episode because it was so predictable. <laughs> It was so obvious, wasn't it? And you're you're a fan of mystery, aren't you? You sort of like a mystery yeah. element, whereas I've become quite cynical about it. Mm. So although I'm pleased that the, the twist was revealed, I am also just like, oh, there's another mystery about why she is doing this. And mm. I'm not sure I have the patience to find out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I am finding that that part of it quite frustrating. And I don't necessarily think mystery is Whedon's strongest Mm. writing suit I think he does other things better Mm. so you know it's not yeah it's it's not in terms of that it's not doing much for me Mm. I'd much prefer straight to told story yeah fair enough which I think this is towing that fine line isn't it I mean it is jumping a bit ahead but for me like one of my highs at the moment is that what I think is going to be something that's going to be drawn out as a previous Lost fan um (laughs) It's not, you know, like in episode one, we find out it was some weird fish spaceship. Um, in episode two, we're already have rescued Mary. I thought that was going to be the crux of these mm. episodes. So they're resolving things and then adding in new things to think about. So I think I'm quite enjoying that rather than um, that. That's been the only surprise to me is that certain plot bits seem to be getting resolved really quickly. All right, so thinking about the episode in terms of some, some breakdown and the key moments that happen in it, we obviously open with a shop girl 
want of a better phrase. Um, and we learn that she's got powers. But just before that happens, we kind of get a conversation about why the society viewpoints are touched again. How do you feel that's being handled? It's hard because it doesn't feel like it's anything new, mm. but I actually feel like it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that there is strength in a lot of the characters and how their powers work. I don't, although there's one which I'm going to come on to, which I'm, I'm not too keen on, but I think how they pull the characters together mm-hmm. and all their different abilities works really well. It's very clear. There's no confusion. Obviously it's very X-Men-y, um, mm-hmm. but hey, we all want to write an X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's some of the best comics and stories I've told. Um, I think the attitude to, I mean, obviously it's been mostly women who have been touched for a mm. reason because we want to tell these stories about women. But I do sometimes feel like it's sort of a pseudo feminism thing. Mm-hmm. Look at these women, they have powers. In fact, there's a book called The Power, which is fantastic, which is about um, an event happens and suddenly women start developing a power to, to mm-hmm. sort of like run electricity through their hands and stuff like that. So it's not anything new. Uh, again, I, I'm not trying to spoil the, the beginning. Uh, sorry, not the beginning. I'm trying to not spoil something about this, one of my highlights, but I do feel that it's being handled quite... <sighs> I'm really conflicted because in some ways I feel like it's handled quite sensitively, as in when they go to the party and it's the mm-hmm. sort of freak show element. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't think that's done very well. It's not done for laughs, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. it could have been done. But on, on the other hand, it is all quite blunt. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. and I think I kind of like that, and I know that makes me sound really basic, and I think mm-hmm. I don't want to sound basic, but actually I'm enjoying no, it. Sure. So, I think it's for me it's really interesting because like the the premise of Buffy and the brilliance of those first three seasons, particularly of Buffy, was the subtext, right? Yeah, monsters are the text, but what they're actually there to represent is the subtext of being a teenager and growing up, and whereas this show is all text. There is no yeah. whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Like when Mundy's yeah. talking to Amalia, um, you showed no natural feminine restraint. Um, and when Matson's talking to um, Swan later in the episode, they're a feminine plague. And I understand we need to learn who these characters are really quickly and their position in front of women. And over 100 years ago, them suddenly gaining um, power over men and how they would react to that. But it feels there might be a subtler way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm kind of like, let's just get on with the story. Yeah. Which I, I like. Yeah, I like that we didn't show them all awakening with their powers. I like that in the pilot, this thing just happened and then mm. they had powers and now we're talking mm-hmm. about them having powers. But yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, it's a sledgehammer, not a fine tip fountain yeah, pen, absolutely. right? Mm. I found the, um, the sleazy boss talking to the shop girl, like he was skeezing up to and he was like, oh, you know, we, we can go out for a drink and all that stuff. Bearing in mind what we've just been talking about and allegations <laughs> against people. Yeah. That was a really hard watch, that scene. That moment, yeah. that scene anyway. Yeah. That did not play well anymore. I'm surprised they didn't cut that out. Yeah, I'm surprised. Although I did actually like that whole scene. I mm-hmm. thought... I thought the the actress whose whose name I can't remember. I did mm. write it down in my notes, but I'm not going to. I think she did a fantastic job. I loved the special effects of her floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I could have done without the skeezy boss. I think it could have been done without that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's sort of you know, we've all all of us women have had skeezy bosses, so sure. kind of like it doesn't need to be there. But it's, it's a recognition of that it is yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And, that's you know, fun. That's important. That's why you're here tonight is because you may have, sounds like have experienced that kind of thing. Whereas, uh, of course, I haven't. So it's important to hear that those things are being represented. And if they're being done decently, then it makes sense that there's a purpose for it. Yeah. I agree. I thought that just, go on. I was just going to say that actress was great. And that, especially what happens to her character by the end of the episode, um, she's in it so briefly across the episode for a few minutes probably five minutes in total maybe ten minutes in total across an over an hour long episode but you genuinely care what happens to her character and I think a lot of that is done through her performance yeah I thought she was fantastic the scene when she sort of is looking for what we think is the orphanage and it isn't mm. but I felt 
a palpable sense of fear, you know, when those men come up to her. And that's mm. obviously done to drive her into that door and, and make her knock on the door. But I just I just thought she delivered it so well. And I'm, I, I feel like it's such a shame that now she's the zombie. And I was like, oh, wouldn't mm. it be great if she actually had something else to do? But, you know, maybe maybe one of my future predictions is all oh, the zombie people get their brains back. But I doubt it because it looks like they've actually had like brain matter and stuff taken yeah. away. But it's a real shame. It's a waste. It seems like they've had um, like a lobotomy, basically, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what I didn't do with at the start of this episode, nor the start of last week, so I'm going to have to think about like editing something in. Is warning people if they're listening to this and they haven't watched the, the, the series yet, <laughs> we are going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. So, um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe watch it and then come back. Sorry if you just had something with me. <laughs> Oh no, I think I'm really bad at not doing spoilers, so I'm I won't be a great guest for a non-spoiler episode. No, I mean I don't think you can do an episode right now without spoiling. <laughs> um I was desperately trying to search that actor's name out, but I couldn't even tell you what the um what the what character's called. No, oh god, I, I hope she's not got like a character name like random Italian lady. That would be really upsetting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's never gonna hear this, so let's not worry about it. <laughs> okay, so then we had like Monday's um like Ray, didn't we, of the orphanage. Um, we had that line we've spoken about. But what I did love, and what is probably my favourite part of the show so far, is um, Penance's defence of Amalia. She was saying like, oh, Mary is touched, uh, but not like me. She's wonderful. Penance's immediate reaction without even thinking about it is to be like, how are you not wonderful? Amalia, I love how well established those two are as characters. Yeah. And what their relationship is is really clear too. Yeah, I love their friendship so much. It's it's my highlight of the whole thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I could do without all of the other stuff to just watch them mm. work together. I mm. mean, both in a sense of actresses working together and their chemistry, but also when you see them actually on screen, their characters mm. doing the work, it works really. They they work well together. And I think mm. it's very rare especially in when it's two women that we see that you know mm-hmm. we always have the buddy buddy movies buddy films and stuff like that and it's usually men and it's actually two women taking on that role but they feel like women they're not women fit fulfilling a men's a man's role sure, sure. um and so it's really nice and for me their friendship feels incredibly authentic mm. um and i absolutely love it i could just watch them both all day long yeah agreed i've been listening to the i think it's called touch base which is like the official nevers podcast um Ours is better. Um, <laughs> but they do get interviews with like we get access and stuff. And it was really interesting hearing um them talk. They were on episode one, saying about how like before they started filming like their first season together, they basically hadn't met. So they're obviously clearly talented because they're as you said, the chemistry feels so authentic. That's so crazy. Too. You wouldn't you would think they're old friends. Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. Anything else from that scene you think's worth mentioning? Well, how do you feel about Monday as a character? Oh God, again, he's he's super cardboard, super mm-hmm. cardboard cutout. But <laughs> I really worry this is just reveal this revealing how basic I am. But I, I kind of like him. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that I found with the show. I sort of I've got a general like for a lot of mm-hmm. the characters. And it doesn't mean that they're brilliant characters or their storylines are great, but I feel like everybody's really competent in it. And even if like he's dealing, he's doing stupid lines with with Amalia, mm. which I, you know, I found some of the scenes to get together when they were investigating together, mm. Mm. like some of the lines a bit silly, but they're all really delivering and it works mm. for me. And that brings yeah. me in. So as a character, I didn't like him in the pilot. I was like, oh, here we go. He's the, he's the cop who's a little bit different or he's interested mm. in this thing. Oh, and look, he's. He's a maverick. He realised it was someone in the mine who had killed this person and wanted to get away with it. So I wasn't keen on him in the pilot, but I think they've mm. expanded on him quite well in the second one. In fact, yeah. I you could delete his entire appearance in the pilot, apart from maybe a few things to touch on, and feel quite comfortable with him in the second episode. Yeah, that, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to make of him, because you're right, we had that scene where he was like, you know, showing Sherlock-type abilities of solving cases by looking at it. And then you get that scene with Swan later where clearly they're working together or he was supplying him with touch women, it seems like, maybe. Mm. Um, so they're trying to play him off as being kind of shades of good and bad, aren't they? 
I mean, I've got time for him just because it's Ben Chaplin. Um, oh, I love him so much. Exactly. So as soon as you stick something like that in, um, you know, I've got an affinity for from, you know, what is it, 20 years ago now when he was in Game On? Like just because yeah. of that, I'm going to drop Game On in every episode. I was speaking with Dave about it last time. <laughs> um, just because of that, I'm always going to be a bit on his side. And it's a bit like um, watching Handmaid's Tale um with Yvonne Str- uh, Stravosky, I think that's how you say it. Oh yes, from um Chuck. Uh, exactly. So because she was Sarah and Chuck Sarah and Chuck. I yes, think. yeah. Um I kind of like her. She's a horrible person at this time. I want I want her to come through and succeed. I want her to be a good guy because yeah. of my prior association. So I feel this way about Monday here really. I want him to come good. And I think there's signs that he's probably going to fall more on the light side than the dark. Yeah, and I, th- I think this is some of my problems with it, that rather than go for nuance, I mm. feel like it's, all oh, is he a bit bad? Mm-hmm. And it, and I just don't think there's strength in that writing. Mm. I, you know, I don't need to have those scenes with him, with the brothel guy whose name I've completely forgotten. Oh, Swan. Swan. Yeah. You know, I don't need that, I think. And I think he's a, a competent enough actor to be able to show nuance mm-hmm. without being given the lines, you know, show it, don't say it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I feel like they're getting there with him. I feel like I love the scenes between him and Amelia in, in his office working through things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and again, for some of my highs, how he acted out when he was con- doing all of his confessions from the woman mm-hmm. whose mm-hmm. who's power is to make him tell the truth. I thought he was just really, like, he really drew you in, was really engaging. Mm-hmm. It, and it had, like, even though he was talking about quite serious things, it made me smile. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay, I, I, like, I like this guy. The scene with Mary at the end was good as well. I handled as well. I thought yeah. he was not forcing himself back into her life. He was saying like, "I'm not in it, but I just want to know you're okay." I thought that was quite well handled too. Yeah, agreed. All right, so it's interesting that you um, mentioned uh, Lavinia and the party earlier um, because she's kind of using touch, and I use that word pointedly because she's inviting them along, but in order to kind of showcase their powers, and only particular ones. She wants Primrose because she's tall and that's really different and looks cool and then you've got other people whose powers can't seem to be threatening and too strong um so it gives me kind of like pc barnum vibes um yeah and no matter how hard they can try in the great shaman and through the wonderful Hugh jackman to make it seem like a good guy kind of truth is out there that he was not very nice to these people and was ultimately just interested in making money so this kind of takes away from the power of the twist that we've already hinted at at, at the end of the episode when the video is revealed to be kind of playing both sides. She's helping the touch in the orphanage, but she's also helping this doctor experiment on them as well. How do you feel about her character and like how they're presenting her? I mean, it was really obvious from the pilot she was evil. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, Dollhouse again doesn't help evil. Yeah. I know you, evil in Doll's house, although a lot more nuanced in Doll's house. Um, I feel like she, again, is, I mean, again, a brilliant actress, bringing so much mm-hmm. to the role. But again, it's, some, it's something that we've seen before and it's not anything new, especially the scenes with her brother and the way mm-hmm. she talks about the touched. I mean, and it's clear that they are showing how she, how derogatory she is, both in terms of class with other people and mm-hmm. the touched, um, despite this this philanthropy she's pretending to show I mean mm-hmm. well, maybe she is maybe there are two sides to her um but I just sort of <laughs> when it was revealed her coming out I was like yeah I knew that yeah it's yeah. such a disappointing twist to the end and I feel like they either should have dragged it out a bit more not dragged it that's not they should have made it go on a bit more so we could mm-hmm. have a sort of like oh is she isn't she because we all know she is or just not done it at all and yeah. like this is one of my ultimate problems that the characters just feel so muddled. You know, mm-hmm. there's a villain here and there's a villain there, but that one's not really a villain and that one's not really a villain. Oh, but maybe they are, but it's not done well. Mm. And I feel like it's just confusing everything. And it's just, it's causing eye rolls, which I would rather not have than watching the show. Yeah. Do you think you've got any idea of her motivation at the moment? No, I mean, obviously, I presume, so my presumption is that she wants to use the power of whatever the glowy thing is, which probably come in from the magical bird, which was an excellent description from you. Cause I was like, <laughs> is it a bird? What is that? Like, Hey, much like everybody else who saw it. Um, yeah. My theory is that she is trying to use the power of that to fix herself. So she's no yeah. longer in a wheelchair, which 
I don't really like, I think is quite ableist. And it would be much better if she, you know, she's already had a line, which I can't remember, which is all about, you know, how she's different because she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, people who have disabilities are, but they are also full human beings and not everyone yeah, yeah. with a disability wants to be cured. And if it mm-hmm. does go down that way, I, I will find that quite disappointing. Yeah, it's a real risk. Like, that's that's where I think it's going at the moment as well. Hopefully we can both be proven wrong and there's, there's a different autism rating. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, you'll be alienating a lot of people if if that's the route they choose to go down. Yeah, agreed. It'd be so much more interesting if that wasn't her final goal as well. Mm. If it was just some evil scheme that she had in general mm-hmm. and not yeah. about herself it'd be like that would be so interesting I think we rarely see that um but I worry that they're going to go the easy storytelling route yeah which it might well be and I can kind of see the thought behind it because I mean this is X-Men this X-Men meets Victoria and Buffy right um <laughs> yeah but so I can kind of see that the idea is that you set her up to be the Charles Xavier character Professor X and they're like, oh, surprise, um, she's evil. So I can kind of see the thought process. It's just not really worked yet. But I think, yeah, hopefully there's more, more to come in that. In terms of other potential antagonists then, how do you feel about Swan and Master? Swan? Oh, he's oh, got God, such he's... a punchable face. Hasn't he? Hasn't he just got such a punch? Although I'm loving that TV shows keep on having people with punchable faces in it. Right. Um, Falcon or Winter Soldier. Oh, my God. Want to punch new Captain America in the face? We've not watched. <laughs> sure. We've not finished watching it. So no spoilers. So much. And yes, he has got such a punchable face. And I watched a film with him in the other day as well. Actually, a new one with Amanda Seyfried. And mm-hmm. um, and in that, I wanted to punch his face as well. So I apologise. <laughs> you're so smug and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't. I don't really see the point of the of the character. And I I worry that it is just to have a bit of sex in it because it's an yeah, HBO sure. show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, you know, he's sort of like that that counter character, isn't he? To to Lavinia, who's who's sort of degrading the touch by having people come in and them doing tricks, and he's also degrading them, but by making them feel they're powerful because people want them and to be around them, mm-hmm. and they're selling themselves for people's enjoyment. But they but they've got the power, and and I I don't really feel like that's working for mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they're trying to do too many nods to uh, to like, oh, it's not just men doing it to women. Look, women are into women too. Oh, sure, and some sure. men have the powers as well. And it's just like, ugh. it's really messy and it it doesn't help what I think could be a really good feminist or female lead show. I think it mm-hmm. detracts away from that. Um, however, again, like the cast is so good and he is doing a really yeah, good job yeah. at making me want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. The scene when um, he's in the, in the gentleman's, bar or whatever it is a special gentleman's room that you all have mm. um with the fight and how he talks I'm about his father and his, yeah, yeah of course you know and it, like his brother died and his father wishes it was him and sort of stuff like that again nothing revolutionary but he brought a lot to it mm-hmm. and acted it so well that I genuinely felt his emotion and his pain mm. so it's, like, it's such an annoying tv show like now I'm talking about it a lot. It's really irritating me that there's some great performances, but I just don't think the writing's there. Not quite coming together, yeah. And then Pip Torrens as Masson um, has got obviously pedigree as bad guy. Um, yeah. And he's not a particularly layered character. We know that someone to his daughter has made him hate the touch. He's really good, I think, at, at being that hissable baddie. Yeah, yeah. I loved him in, in the pilot uh, when they were at the <laughs> opera. Mm-hmm. And just his his delivery of lines was so it was just the right side of Hammy that I really enjoyed. Yeah, like it's, it's like Hugh Grant in Paddington to Hammy, and I'm here sure. for that. Oh, I like that comparison. That's good. <laughs> I think something the show might be doing quite well though is with the touch showing that the powers aren't always not positive. But, um, this idea, I suppose, like, like for me, invisibility seems like a pretty evil power i don't really know what you could do good with invisibility it's about spying about getting places you're not supposed to go so there's certain powers which kind of lend themselves to being used to uh, in an abusive way i suppose and although the scene was played for laughs i found desiree's power a little bit uncomfortable that mm. essentially 
uh, powers to manipulate people into giving away secrets or doing what mm-hmm. you want to do against their will. So, it, yeah, I'm not sure that where that's going to go in the future. I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable with with what that power is supposed to be and what's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. Like it was funny with how Mandy kind of gave information away. But he had been totally violated in that scene in terms of his privacy and his emotions yeah. and his mental health. Whether she's ultimately gonna have a heel turn and go bad, I don't know. But that feels like a an interesting comment to make where like not every touch character, their powers are kind of for the good, if you like, in effect. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I mean her her power is played for laughs and it is a great power but also there will surely be repercussions to it and that would be mm. so interesting to, mm-hmm. to see you know just her not with clients I don't want to see her having sex with clients and then crying because of something or other because again we've all seen that done the hooker with the heart of gold and all of that sort of stuff and they don't have powers to do it unless it's the power of their vagina I suppose um <laughs> um but yeah, if she, I, I would like to see more done with that. I completely agree. And you are right. It is a violation of people's privacy. And actually, when we're in a show that's fronted by women and trying to put, I guess, issues that women face at the forefront, mm-hmm. seeing a woman do that and, and take the power away from somebody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. is actually, it's, it's not cool. I can yeah. think of some better words, but it actually isn't. And it's actually not doing much for the story i think you've got a really good point there that you know we want to be of course there's going to be evil touched superpowers um Mm. but actually presenting somebody like that who's on the good side in quotation marks and not exploring it would be really you know i think would be a shame Mm. and i think they probably won't because i'm not sure at the moment the show we said is interested again below the surface but there's an opportunity there i think isn't there definitely yeah all right, uh, other powers. Augie's power to be a bird. It says Bran from Game of Thrones. Yeah, rubbish, right? <laughs> right, so rubbish. Um, I guess that he hasn't let into his power yet. Maybe there's more that he can do with it. I think as an actor, he grew in this episode. I didn't like him at all in the first episode. I thought he was a caricature. I thought he was decent here, and I thought he had pretty good chemistry with Penance and their season as well. Okay. Yeah, do you, do, you, do you mean Simon Tam and Kaylee? Well, that is the exact comparison I was yeah. thinking earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, guys, there are different types of romances you can write. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. just try try something a bit new. Yeah, I agree. I didn't like him in the first episode. I thought there was a bit more going on with him in this episode. But, it, and I do think they've got good chemistry, but his power's rubbish. And I yeah. do just feel like he's being shoehorned in for a romance mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it would be much nicer if he was just friends because hey let's face it whether they are gay together or not the romance is penance and amari sure. are right sure sure, sure. Like, and 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 a romance doesn't have to be a sexual romantic mm-hmm, relationship mm-hmm. but that's the relationship but that's there and they're already trying to get some stuff in with the doctor and yeah, him and yeah. amari and i'm like they don't, they don't need the men Let's just their their relationship's so strong. Let's focus mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I thought that the um, Amalia and is it Hector or Horatio? I can't remember. They're being set up as I like think the it's will Horatio, they won't, yeah. yeah. they? Um, but there's something comes about that too because in the pilot you see him with a wife and child. I think so. It's interesting. Oh, really? Before at the very opening when it's all silent, he comes out of his doctor's surgery and he's certainly with a woman and a young child. So whether we're going to get an explanation oh, yeah. of what's happened to them or whether he's left them or... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's all these like, avenues which we can go down that could be really, really interesting. All right, I'm going to do a massive jump now because I think go the rest on. of the episode was fairly nondescript. And then yeah. we get to the James Bond Batman 66 ending where Malady has trapped <laughs> Mary and Penance, put them hanging from the rafters. How does that work? I'm not sure. Amalia in the middle. Um, I quite liked how it resolved itself. I thought that was quite good. Other than like, Malady, I'm going to run away again. Um, <laughs> but how Amalia dealt with the situation, I thought was interesting. But the whole thing for me didn't feel like it fit in this show. I thought it felt a bit too over the top. What about you? Yeah, completely agreed. Like there were some elements of her going into the into the factory 
in seeing Malady, which mm-hmm. I really, I really liked just because it was fun. I love um, the Fireball Lady, whose Bonfire name Annie. escaped me. Bonfire Annie, like, oh my god, if she's not in it more, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then it just like ended up in this weird end scene. And I can tell mm. you now, I hate the whole Molly and Sarah stuff. Okay, I'm not right, for yeah, yeah. it. Um, and it's just like, why is this happening? And why why are all these people standing around? And we've seen Malady kill people brutally on mm-hmm. stage at the opera. I don't think she would set this up. And I think mm-hmm. if she wanted mm-hmm. to kill somebody, she would just kill them. And I, it just it was. It just didn't work and felt really, really out of place. Mm. And in episode two, trying to make her make a choice between her best friend and this woman that she doesn't know, and then doing a speech and then shooting herself. Although I did love the lines about, I missed all the major organs. No, you didn't. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was really nice. Um, it, it just didn't work and it felt fell really, really flat for me. And mm. I didn't feel any tension in it. I was like, because clearly neither of them are going to die. It's episode two. Yeah, that was problematic. The Molly Sarah thing is really interesting, isn't it? And I think that is something I don't know if I saw coming. It's probably the only thing that I thought of this episode was like, oh, okay. And um, the only reason I have a bit of interest, perhaps, where you don't, is that obviously Malady is the only one that can remember seeing... Yeah, which I love. The fish badge, whatever it is. However, I've got the feeling, I don't know if you feel the same, that Amalia clearly knows more than she's letting on. Yeah. Perhaps is the emissary for these people or um because she was underwater, right? When all the little dust yeah. dark materials, dust particles came down. Um so she didn't actually witness the ship either. So I wonder if there's something in that in that that she maybe she knows or she has the ability. So I think maybe that's why that is kind of being set up at the um like, Amalia's got this kind of secret mission, hasn't she? And yeah. then, I, I mean, I'm sensing that Malady may well have a face turn later on or become a good guy. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's my prediction as well. When you ask about future predictions, mine is that they're going to team up. Yeah, in like an orphan black kind of way. Um, yeah. When Helena kind of joins the uh, Cestrus um, in, in later seasons. So, um, just another show to keep going. There's so many things which have come to my mind as to watch these episodes that feel like they've kind of influenced this. But um, yeah, that's the only reason like, I'm kind of on board with that because I feel like, I think just a, a, an Amalia versus Amalia would be kind of boring anyway. So we, at least we're trying to introduce some depth. And I'm kind of over, I'm, I'm with you. I'm over the idea like, she's a friend and she betrayed me and she turned me into the asylum and all that kind of Because that's where it's going to go, right? Because that's why Amalia yeah, is now so like, dedicated yeah. to, to looking after people but i think if they tie it into the chip what the whole thing is about then i might be there for it then there might be something more interesting yeah i completely agree i just think it's a shame as well because as much as i don't like glamorizing sort of anything jack the rippery Mm -hmm, uh, mm because i think we do that too much especially in in the uk and i think he was a a horrible serial killer who murdered lots of women Mm -hmm. um and instead of going, that's awful, we glorify him. And I say that as somebody who's fully been on a Jack the Ripper tour. And I have <laughs> since thought about my actions. Um, a Jack the Ripper tour that I loved. And I have very much had to come to terms with that. Um, I liked that Malady, I don't like sort of like the mental health, possible mm-hmm. abuse. Um, and then she seems to be like really sexual type stuff. I, don't, I think that's really lazy. And I don't think that has any merit to anybody who does have any mental health issues but I like having a sort of female joker and Mm -hmm. I liked that you know when she was on stage at the opera it did feel random and madness Mm -hmm. um and then all of a sudden it's you know I've got these puddies going and actually I'm I'm a super smart criminal and I come up with all these ridiculous sort of old Batman TV show things Mm. it would have been so great if it was just you know, she remembers and nobody else does. And mm-hmm. she believes that's put her on a mission and that is making things really hard for her. But also she thinks people should be punished for a reason and exploring that. Yeah, so yeah. I think it is just quite one dimensional and a bit like, oh, this person's crazy. Ha ha, look at all the funny, crazy things that they do. Yeah. And that just doesn't work to me. To make, I think. And and we're almost getting multiple Jacob depictions in one, aren't we? Because, you know, mm. some writers, some actors... Um, you know, depending on the comic 
books or in the movies, how they choose to depict him is either kind of like a criminal mastermind genius or is kind of a full agent of chaos. So, yeah, I think that's definitely been a key inspiration. I just think they probably haven't quite got a handle on the character yet of what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, anything else to say about the episode? I think we've kind of covered everything about me. Uh, I think so. I think one of the things I did really like, and I don't know if we want to cover it in sort of like, I mean, some of the sort of highs and lows, is I mm-hmm. do think there was some really nice stuff done around the sort of contrast of sort of stuffy men's spaces of gentlemen's club Mm. and then how real the orphanage feels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know again maybe that is me watching it as a woman being like oh there's just all these women in one space and we never see it and they're not talking about men they fancy yay but um, i i really i don't i presume it's done on purpose but i really love that contrast Mm -hmm. you know the orphanage feels like a home and and all the characters live there you know you see them in the background Mm. And it, and they feel real in the background. And then I love that it's yeah, it's the women who have become free by having this power. Although mm-hmm. obviously a storyline is how they're not free because everybody's persecuting them. But in the orphanage, they are and they can be themselves and and they're joking and having fun. And then you've just got this hilarious. I just find like this hilarious gentleman's club where all this like, oh, we will drink this specific drink in this specific way, and we sit in these chairs, and I have this chair by the fire, and oh, you you pulled my collar oh look at us men having tussles in the club and I really enjoyed that and I I doubt that's going to be like a major you know important storyline but I hope they continue with that feel Mm -hmm. that you know that the women are more comfortable and and it is about them and the men are just boring Mm. yeah no it's a really interesting one I haven't even even thought about that to be fair about how that kind of the different like areas was about that came to my head but it's not is it like kind of the different spaces where people inhabit like how that's been depicted. Um, this must pass the Bechdel test to show, right? Do you know what? Yeah, they've not talked about a romance once, have they? Mate, they did like hint it a little bit at the uh, at the party with Augie and uh, Penance. Yeah. But yeah, I think it must do, yeah. All right, interesting. Yeah, so that's a nice high, something I've not even not even conceived of. That's really interesting. Anything else for you that's coming out as like a high point at the moment of the episode or the show in general? Not particularly. Just, I just think that um, I really, really like the main friendship, and I think that mm. is the most important thing for the show. And all the other guff that's happening, I could just do without it, or just you know, like have five minutes at the beginning and the end, and just see that those two just fantastic ladies, just just the chemistry between them, and and having yeah. quips and and running around doing shenanigans. Like I think that'd just be awesome. Yeah. It's interesting for me, like watching this through the prism of same as you, obviously a massive Buffy fan. And as I mentioned, probably in every binging Buffy episode, like being totally in love with Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy. And I don't yeah. want that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not an objectification thing. I mean, like truly in love with her. She is, um, she is amazing. She is one of the best performances ever committed to TV or cinema. She's sure. amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, and this is not a Buffy podcast. But the way she delivers throughout every single season of that show is unbelievable. Mm. And you 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 believe every single thing. You know, when in, in season one, this is not about Buffy, but very quickly, when she, you know, she talks about I'm 16 and I don't want to die. If mm. you are not feeling like you are just going to crumple to the floor and cry, then you have a black frozen heart because Sarah Michelle Gellar is just amazing. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm here to argue that point too. No, I just think, um, you know, we, we, we spoke earlier about how, like, Amalia Penance is Buffy and Willow. And I was obviously so drawn to Sam Trigella. I'm sure part of your power track, which is, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, mean, I was a red-blooded teenage boy when it was on. But it, it was definitely more than that. It wasn't like a justification. It was, you know, drawn to this character and her performance. And, and I think, actually, in this show, I'm going to be a Willow guy. Like, Penance, for me, is... Yeah. And Anne Skelly, the performer, I'm not, I'm not knocking Amalia and the performance of Laura Donnelly, but there's something about that character Penance that's so winning. I can't think of a better word than that. Yeah. Like every time she's on screen, like she, she just lights up the screen and brightens the episode. And yeah, I think she's fantastic. She's so good. There's just little things that she does in her performance. You know, for some reason, it's really stuck with me when they're having the raid at the beginning. It's just a little face she makes when she like flicks 
down on the window door locks. And it's just, she's just, she just brings something to every scene when she's not even supposed to be doing much. She's doing mm-hmm. something and doing it well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's just fantastic. Yeah. I think she's going to be the standout. Isn't she? I think, I don't think we'll get alone. I think most people will be calling her out as one of the, the highlight of the show. Any lows for you for this episode? <laughs> well, we talked about the mystery. How long have we got? Yeah. It's, it's, in general, it's just the mystery stuff. It doesn't work for me. And a lot of that is my own tastes have changed around, around TV shows and films offering that. I think it's just overbaked. But I also just don't think it's, it's Whedon's strong point. For me, you know, his strongest characters are the ones who don't have the mystery, who are, who are nuanced, like Malcolm Reynolds, right? He is mm-hmm. there. He's playing on the screen. You know from the first episode that he's got this cocky swagger, but Matt, that man, has a, just such a wonderful heart and will, like, die for his crew and mm-hmm. his ship under any circumstances. There's no mystery about him, and it works, and that's why you connect with the character. There's no mystery about Buffy. You know, mm-hmm. she just is who she is, and she's just trying to get her way through. Um, and I just feel like trying to do mystery around the characters, and for me, it's specifically around Amalia, it mm-hmm. just doesn't work. I find it really off-putting that she's got this, uh, so, so her her power is that she can see the future, but she doesn't always understand it or know mm-hmm. when and when it's going to happen. But then she also seems to be like this amazing fighter. Mm-hmm. And she can just go out jumping off things and kicking people and she can get punched by malady and it doesn't knock her out and all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been stabbed and well, like, she's just been shot, hasn't she, like multiple times. And yeah, they've got this magical healer, but, you know, there's they're clearly saying there's something about extra about her. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. I'm like, what is her power? I find it really confusing. I was saying the other day that it's like, it's almost as if a teenage girl has gone... I, I, I want to be an X-Man and I want to have mm-hmm. this power, but that power's not good enough. So I also want this power and I want to be able to fly and I want to be able to fight really well. And it's just like, that takes away from, for me, sure. the, the, the realness. Like I like that she has this power that she can look forward and doesn't understand it. So there's obviously something she needs to find out in herself to understand those more and put that together. And that'd be so much more interesting than just her going around beating people up and then being mm. a bit sad about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely more to find out with her. And like, I get where you're coming from with the, the sense of mission not working for you. I mean, she's an alien. She's a scroll. <laughs> she's definitely a scroll. Um, or whatever this world's version of it is going to be. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a fair comment. Um, I think the fighting in general, I don't think it's been very well handled so far. I think mm. any time there's been kind of action moments, it's been a bit choppy. It's been poorly directed and edited. And you know, yes, both these episodes so far have been directed by Whedon, which is surprising because let's not keep talking about things that he does well too much. But you know, <laughs> he he did direct some of the best episodes of Buffy. Um, yeah. He did direct two Avengers movies, so you think you know how to direct action, but something not quite right with yeah in the show so far. Um, whether it's that the performers aren't quite talented enough to to pull it off, so the camera has to hide that. I'm not sure that's not quite working for me at the moment. I'm also finding the balance of, and you mentioned it before, like this is HBO, so we can swear, we can have mm-hmm. sex, we can have multiple boobs, but in a show about women being powerful, we can't have any cock, which yeah. again is a problem. And actually, there's almost a comment about it at the start of this episode when um, Monday's interviewing Amalia and he's, he says, like, um, I've got a reliable witness. And Amalia's like, oh, is that the guy that had his cock out? And it's like, it was there for you. It was there for you. Like, yeah. you almost reached it and then you pulled back. And, you know, Game of Thrones was happy to flash a bit of dick about. So, yeah, for, again, a feminist show to keep uh, revealing the, the female body and, and in an objectifying way, which yes, that's absolutely. all it is, really, yeah. um, and not doing the same back to men, which then you kind of would be okay to say there's kind of a point, like just objectifying both then it would be all right. Um, it's a problem, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I don't want to be sitting in just every episode. It's been, oh, yeah, small boobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's small boobs. Oh, we're at a sex club. There's small boobs. And right. I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's needed. I mean, not a controversial opinion. Boobs are great, but I don't think we need to be seeing them mm-hmm. during our stories all the time. I don't think they're sure. needed. And I think you can tell this story without their 
one being a sex club and two seeing the boobs that I just yeah, don't sure. think it's needed and I completely agree you're going to show the boobs show the penis get the penises yeah. out like yeah, just, yeah. just do it it's fine you, you're absolutely right actually HBO get the penises out maybe start right I don't want that <laughs> yeah I was about to say I don't want that to become my hashtag HBO yeah, get the penises out <laughs> maybe work on the wording a little bit tie it up a yeah, little yeah the sentiment is there <laughs> um, and I think yeah anything else that we've covered like the video twist it's not a twist um and yeah i mentioned before how i'm quite enjoying the idea of like i thought now it was going to be like you know like heroes save the julia to save the world this is going to be save mary save the touch actually they resolved that already to an extent there's obviously hints that um she maybe won't uh, like find her place that well and that quickly in the orphanage maybe um, or like she won't understand what her purpose is. Yeah. Um, there's the stuff to play with there. But I just saving her from Malady, I thought was going to be the arc of this first episode. So that was quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, and I thought they would do a lot more with her. I mean, maybe they will, with her people seeing her as some sort of goddess or touched by God thing and coming to her, asking her to sing. You know, I thought that that would be so interesting if she started if she became this unwanted godlike or goddess figure mm. you know and people saying I, I need you to do this because it makes me feel like this and you know she's saying herself she cannot control it and an mm-hmm. internal struggle that she would have with that I just don't know if this show has any sort of subtlety or nuance around that and if it's going to yeah. go that way or if she's just going to be there just having to sing all the time and people mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, okay, this happens. Or you know, maybe it brings out people's powers. Like maybe she has to sing and then Amalia can see the future better and stuff like that. I just, mm-hmm. I just worry it's going to go down that sort of road rather than looking at the character and exploring how mm-hmm. the world around her could be reacting to her and how that makes her feel. Yeah, well, she seems like she's going to be really good in the role as well. So it's another shame that yeah. they don't make the most of that actress. Um, any other future episode predictions then? So, yeah, I, I think that um, Mandy's going to turn and be, mm-hmm. be a good guy, which I actually mm-hmm. really like. I sort of, I would really like that because I think it would maybe get away from sort of like the, the, the oh, she was an institution and's a bit crazy yeah. type of predictable storyline. Line. Um, so I think that would be really good. My, my predictions, I think, are slightly different to you. So you think that Amalia's character sort of put Malady in the asylum don't you oh like yeah like uh yeah like gave her up or turned her in or yeah i don't know because we had that in this episode with the two shop girls with one Mm. like turn the other one in so i wonder if that was meant to be a reflection of that's actually a good pick up i i was presuming they were in the asylum together Mm. okay that's interesting because my reasoning death of her husband yeah yeah, although my reasoning has sort of been a bit blown out by the water by what you said, because I presumed it'd be because she tried to drown herself mm-hmm. and they rescued her. I'm like, oh, women who try to kill themselves, they just need to go in asylums. But actually, she got her powers when she was drowning, didn't she? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mm-hmm. track up. Oh, so maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's a sort of... First time yeah, she... <laughs> Oh, you're right a lot of the time. Come on. Don't don't. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just just more of the friendship between. I'm not keen on finding out, unless it's done well, like the backstory of Amalia mm-hmm. in the in what I presume is the asylum, but not in a. I don't want to see it, but as in a, she's. I don't believe she's keeping it a secret from penance. I don't believe that their friendship would have that sort of thing between them. Mm-hmm. So I'm really not sure how that's going to resolve because as much as I liked penance at the end saying, oh no. Like you don't need to tell me. You can tell me another time. I think it. I think it doesn't play true to their relationship that she doesn't already know. Sure. So I do have some reservations about that sort of secret, mysterious past. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. I wonder if um, you know, like an Angel season one where we had Doyle, mm. and he was um almost kind of like a, a subterfuge, wasn't he? He was almost like a red herring. Like here's a main character. And spoilers for Angel season one that came out in 1999. <laughs> um, he gets killed off after like a dozen episodes, right? I wonder if there's almost like a an Amalia isn't the main character, and maybe mm. she'll kind of disappear or get written out, or because we had that weird line in the first episode as well about like this isn't my face. Like, will she look different? Or I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on there. I think, and I like the idea that you 
you're so solid on their friendship and their relationship you don't want to speak a secret between them I think you're going to get disappointed that. <laughs> that's fine fine I'm obviously going to go off and write a TV show that will be picked up by HBO and will yeah. be amazing <laughs> good I hope you do um, <laughs> and Bonfire Annie what do you think is going to happen with her because she kind of went a bit good at the end of this episode and protected yeah she did I would just uh I would love it if she went onto the onto what we are presuming is the good guy side. Because mm-hmm. I found I just I found the actress really engaging, but I mm-hmm. love her mm-hmm. power. Um and I thought they were using actually using it in an interesting way in the show. Like she's actually for a bad person, I mean some people might find her quite weak, but she's not gone out and purposefully hurt people. She's almost mm-hmm. using it to manipulate people, which I've actually quite liked. You know, and she's in control of it when we see people with fire powers. It's usually like they can't mm. control it or they have to learn to do it. And she's just like tossing some fireballs around. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's being like, this is pretty ace. Like I love that. I love that confidence. Mm. So yeah, maybe she'll go off and start her own gang and they'll just be like really confident women just chucking yeah. fire and ice around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's an interesting she I think I get the sense maybe a bit of double agent stuff going on. Oh, you might turn up at the orphanage and be like, oh, I saved you tonight. Can I join you guys? And actually, she's got a Malady agenda going on because she seems really drawn to Malady. Yeah. And her kind of mission, because she kind of is forgiving Malady for for some of the things that she doesn't agree with. Yeah. Um, I guess we're in a kind of Magneto, um, you know, Malady is Magneto. What, what would that make one for Annie? Would that make her... Um, um, Why is the name escaping me? Mystique? Yes, Mystique. That's what I'm thinking. Like, she's kind of the Mystique who, well, the Mystique's pretty evil, isn't she, actually? I mean, but is she? Mystique's a when fantastic character. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That is true. All right. Um, so I think all that's left to say is are you compelled enough to keep watching? I am. I am. I was quite. I wasn't desperate to watch the second episode after the pilot episode, but actually mm. watching the second episode, I'm a lot more invested than I ever thought that I would be. I'm mm-hmm. still grappling with a lot of the stuff I don't like about it, but actually I think I can still push through. Um, yeah. And I, I say push through like it's a real effort, but it's a sort of quite middling TV show that I'm enjoying. And I think mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, I have this real thing at the moment that not everything has to be fantastic. If you just want to sure. sit and watch something, then go for yeah. it. Um and I feel like I would like to continue feeling that way, but then suddenly be like, I have to watch the next episode. What is going to happen? Yeah, so that's my ideal trajectory of of watching it. Yeah, I'm in exactly the same place. I, I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm going to keep watching it, mostly because I'm a completist anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Amalia, Penance, Malady, Primrose, actually. I really like Primrose. Yeah, I really like Primrose. So I'm in for the characters, I think, more than the story. But I, I'm the same. Like, I'm not, I'm not chomping at the bit. But when that next episode comes around, that next week, oh, okay, good. That's on to watch now. That's kind of where I'm yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're in a similar place. All right. So all I want to say then is thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been great to have your neat perspective and you know throwing things out there that I just never would think about. So that's been really good today. Do you want to let people know where they can? find you online to say how yeah. amazing you are and it's so good to hear all these brilliant things that that host jack would never have come up with i never would have come up with it i mean oh, he's so rubbish it's not like he does multiple other podcasts or anything um and has insightful thoughts on them uh yep yeah, so thank you for having me on i've really enjoyed talking about it as you know i'm happy to talk about anything geeky and wrestling with talking anything reading because i do want to talk about it because mm. I do tend to like his work. Um, so you can find me on <laughs> on the socials. So I'm mostly active on Instagram, which is just at Ria Carrigan, uh, R-I-A-C-A-R-R-O-G-A-N. I have to spell it all the time. And Twitter, which I'm trying to be a bit better with and spend some more time on. Um, so, yeah, that's where people can find me. Great. I always hate doing that bit when guests... When I'm a guest, I'll like, where can people find you? It's cringe. Self-promotion, it's horrible. It does, which is why I have to literally write an outro. Now I have to read it off my screen to make sure I get it anywhere. Really? Half oh, no. um, yeah, you'll find me as part of the Comics Emotions Network, obviously co-presenting Season's Greeting alongside the wonderful Tony Farina. I'm currently doing Buffy. We have done Seasons 1, 2, 3 and 4 now, so we're on to Season 5. 
which I'm really enjoying rewatching. Season five is strong. Season five so good. I really like season five. Yeah, everyone, please subscribe to Comics Emotion. There, a wonderful bunch of people that are on there. Um, show a day on a variety of different um, kind of geeky areas of the of the world. Um, you'll find something to listen to. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, really appreciate your support. Uh, I'll be back next week to look at episode three. Uh, in the meantime, I want you to be excellent to each other. Make sure you really listen to each other. Don't just wait for your turn to speak. Uh, I'm Jack signing off. Till next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>